p.m. Central Time, May the 23rd. And I am Leon Davis, and you're listening to the weekly podcast, Altitude Adjustment. It covers people, politics, and professions. I want to thank you very much for joining me this afternoon. Uh, a couple of uh, announcements before we get started. <clears throat> First, um, Keisha will not be joining me this previous uh, commitment. Uh, hopefully, she will. We look forward to having her. I look forward to having her back and have really enjoyed having her on the podcast. Also, today I am trying a new form of interaction with you. Uh, so, uh, while I try to perfect this method, there may be a little delay in getting to your questions or comments, uh, or um, there may be a struggle to even make sure I, I have seen it. So bear with me on that. I look forward to hearing from you. Um, that's what makes the show uh, what it is, is some feedback. So hopefully I will get that from you. And I, as I said, I look forward to hearing from you. Um, there is a constant battle regarding the authority of governments uh, in the country. And uh, it's, it's the federal government, state and local governments uh, are always getting pushback uh, because of people challenging their authority. Uh, the states have issued, been uh, issuing lockdowns, uh, and that has brought about some specious arguments about government authority. Today's discussion is about examining some of those specious arguments in the episode titled Rights and the Constitution. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. So, um, as I mentioned, I don't have a, I try to catch as much news from as many different sources as I possibly can. And I try to include, uh, you know, a variety and not just listen to the echo chamber of what I like. I try to expand the the best way to uh, know different things is to listen to different sources. And one of those sources is um, this week I ran across um, a clip from Fox Morning Show, Fox and Friends. And there's a contributor on there, uh, Andrew Napolitano. Now, Andrew Napolitano is a the Fox legal contributor. He it was an undergraduate of Princeton University, graduated Notre Dame School of Law. He was admitted into the New Jersey Bar in 1975 and served as a New Jersey Superior Court judge. Now, the appellate jurisdiction uh, is the power uh, is the power of a higher court to hear appeals from a lower court. The higher court can review decisions and change outcomes of the decisions of lower courts. So I'm going to play you a clip and it has been edited um, to, it was not edited to change the context of what he's saying, but just get to some of the unique point uh, bring about. Republicans made it very clear that they don't believe uh, a statewide approach is the right way to gain time and they also don't believe that uh, any restrictions are advisable at this time. Given that, uh, we will, uh, uh, it just doesn't make any sense to 
uh, spend a lot of time uh, doing something that we know isn't going to be successful. All right, let's bring in Judge Andrew Napolitano to talk about this subject. He's a Fox News senior judicial analyst and host of Liberty File on Fox Nation. Good morning to you, Judge. Good morning, Ainsley. Steve and Brian. So the Wisconsin hey. Supreme Court uh, said he was required to work with Republicans. He didn't consult the legislators. Therefore, it's null and void. Same thing happened in Oregon. The judge ruled restrictions infringed on religious freedoms after churches and parishioners sued the governor there, Kate Brown. Therefore, her restrictions were null and void. If you were the judge in these two cases, what would you do? Well, I've been pretty clear about this, uh, Ainsley, that uh, all of these lockdown orders are without lawful authority, they're unconstitutional, they violate the Bill of Rights, they interfere with our freedom of religion, our freedom of travel, our right to privacy, our freedom of speech, our freedom of assembly. I could just go right down the line. You know, Judge, so many governors had lockdown orders and executive orders as we were going up the, the COVID mountain and, you know, tens of thousands of Americans were dying. And, you know, as the lockdowns continued now, a lot of people are saying, you know, we were very concerned about public safety at the time, but the question is, what sort of civil liberties did we give up and might never get back? Well, we gave up a lot of civil liberties. We, we gave up, uh, I hate to say we, because this is so against my grain, and I believe against yours and the people watching us now, the, the, the right to go to church, the right to go to temple, or, or right to assemble as a group. Now, uh, I understand about precautions, but they're destroying local businessmen and women. It, it, it's just, yes. These governors are just too lazy to get out of their mansions and drive around or empower mayors to start working with these business owners to keep them alive. Weeks and days and matter. You, you are precisely right, Brian. Their job is not only to protect our safety, but to protect our rights. If, if they keep us safe but not free, they are not doing their jobs. They are violating their oath to uphold their own state constitutions, and they're violating their oath to uphold the federal constitution, because I think the crisis period is over. Yeah. People who want to take chances have the right, the constitutional right, to take a chance. Okay, so <clears throat> I realize that uh, I'm going up against Judge Napolitano, who has quite a bit more experience in legal matters than I do. Um, so uh, I do this with great humility and there are issues that I take with some of the things that he mentioned. So let me start first by <clears throat> to the constitution because he said that uh, they were violating uh, people's rights. And one of the things that uh, first jumps out me when, at me when you read the constitution is Thomas Jefferson's statement we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among those are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. <clears throat> life is first. So the government has two responsibilities, in my view. The government has two mandates, two responsibilities. That is, that is all the government is there for. They are there to protect the the people and they're they're there to protect people's rights life has to be first they have to protect people because 
Without the people, there is no need for rights. You can't have any rights of a dead person. So life has to be the first obligation. It is definitely the first obligation. And so I think what happens is, in this situation, there was a balancing, there's an attempt to balance liberties with life. How do you protect someone's life without trampling some of their liberties? And there are numerous um, examples of that in our society where rights have been um, dismantled for the sake of liberty. Now, there was an, another quote by um, Benjamin Franklin. Um, I had the quote, but I think I, I, I think I asked it, um, and I, I'll, I may I may go back and get it before the end of the conversation, before I end the podcast. So I'm not going to try to wing it off the top of my head, though I've, I've mentioned it uh, several times in my private life. So one of the things that Steve Ducey and Steve Ducey was one of the um, one of the people on in the in the panel questioning the judge. One of the things that Steve Ducey said was talked about our civil liberties being sacrificed that we may never get back. Our government. There are things that the government has to do in order to protect the people. And the question becomes, what response, what um, can the government do in order to protect the, the people that, in the society? So one of the things that they talked about uh, in, the, in the clip was the right to go to church and uh, freedom of religion. So the right to go to church. Now, in our society, there are people who are imprisoned and they're imprisoned to protect people from their behavior. That is that is part of the reason that they're imprisoned. They're, they're placed in a position where they can cannot deny liberty and the pursuit of happiness from other people in society because they have broken rules. They then may not get to go to church. So the, the right to go to church is not an absolute right. So most of the all of most of the rights that are identified in the Constitution aren't absolute rights. There is always some level of compromise in providing those rights to the, our citizens. The, the judge also mentioned the right to assemble. So the right to assemble, to get together as a group and practice uh, whatever you want to practice. Um, that right has been trampled by um, police who, if, if uh, several people are congregating on a particular corner and they may not be doing anything nefarious. They may not be doing anything that is untoward. They may not be impeding anyone else's ability to uh, life, liberty, or the pursuit of their happiness. But they're allowed to <clears throat> ask those people to not congregate or not assemble in that particular time and place. That is a right that is trampled on. And it's supported by some of those same people who 
were had difficulty with the govern, governors issuing lockdowns. Um, the freedom to travel was one of the uh, items listed uh, by the uh, Judge Napolitano, um, the right to travel. And in, in this country, we actually have what's called a no-fly list. These are people who are not allowed to travel by airplane or may be impeded from crossing state lines or may be confined to a particular area for one reason or another. Those rights then are being denied those people for, whatever, for one reason or another to protect the liberty of the life and the liberty of other citizens. And how we apply those rules isn't arbitrary. It is supposedly well thought out, well planned, well put into a position where uh, they're debated. And then the, the, we debate the potential consequences. How do we enforce those rights and privileges? And um, you know, what are the consequences if you violate those <clears throat> um, sets of rules and regulations or liberties. And that's all done with the intent to ensure the safe uh, and efficient implementation of our system of uh, social order. <clears throat> so one of the um, um, things that Justin Napolitano pointed out was freedom of speech. And this one has obviously long been debated. It's in it's the first article. And freedom of speech is not absolute. Um, I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago. Uh, called yelling fire paradigm. You cannot go into a, a crowded theater or a crowded uh, restaurant or a crowded building and yell fire if there's no fire. This is to protect people from um, creating a, a situation that where they can be harmed by the reaction to your speech, hate speech has is ha, can be regulated. This is so free speech does not necessarily freedom of speech does not necessarily mean absolute freedom of speech, uh, and we can debate whether or not hate speech should be regulated, and we can debate whether. Um, Yelling fire in a crowded uh, venue can't, should be regulated. And that's a part of what we do as a society in order to maintain safety and the, the liberty and the pursuit of happiness. So that everyone has an opportunity to participate in the society and have, perform without the lack of fear that they're going to be shut out of the opportunity to participate. 
So now the, the final part of the clip, um, really kind of, so I, I struggled with this quite a bit. <clears throat> and and I, I go back and forth with it. And one of the things that uh, Judge, Napolitano, Judge Napolitano said was, people have the constitutional right to take a chance. So, so I've said on many occasions, people have the right to go to jail. And what I mean by that is we should not attempt to legislate every aspect of a person's behavior. We should not attempt to pass laws that are so restrictive that we have a law that governs every single behavioral habit of every human being within the borders of our country. But there are people who challenge even the most mundane or innocuous law, such as A reasonable person understands that burning trash in your yard is potentially dangerous, not just to yourself, but to the community around you as a whole. And though that's logically understood, there probably still are people who are pushing back against that. The fact that it had to be codified into law shows that there are people who ignore logic and reason for self-benefit and self-gain. How do we as a society protect the rights of all citizens if some citizens believe that they should or could be able to ignore laws that are put into place to protect other citizens? The lockdown was not to hurt the economy. It was not to caused job loss. It was not to deny some people life, liberty, or the pursuit of happiness. It was designed to protect citizens and the most vulnerable citizens among us. Though every citizen was not in high risk of dying, there were enough citizens at risk that it was necessary to enlist the support of all citizens for that safety to be realized. If life is the number one priority, 
the whole process of shutting down states, shutting down business, was about implementing that aspect of government, saving lives. There are many instances where people, I've heard people say, well, people are going to die. So Chris Christie was one. There are some people that are going to die. That's just a reality. And so we have to weigh the benefit of the number of people dying versus the number of people harmed by closing down the, the economic engine that has made America the country that it is. So the difficulty for me on that is, is that I recognize that people are going to die. It is a natural form of life. Every one of us is going to die. Every single solitary one of us. One of the things that you never get out of alive is life. But that doesn't mean you hasten that or that you make any decisions that impact that lightly. And economic growth or economic, the economic community or the economic engine, it was built one time before and it will be built again. It will survive all of us. It will be here long after I'm gone, long after you're gone because it's a necessary part of surviving. And to ignore, to minimize, to put the economic engine uh, well ahead of a number of lives, to me, I thought was careless and reckless. I, although I do understand that um, you can't stop everything or shouldn't stop everything in order to protect lives and you have to weigh the, the, the potential for what you're doing to save lives and how many lives it will save and how many lives can you save? How many lives can you realistically save? Um, during the, the pandemic, there were a lot of people who lost their lives because of um, being overweight or um, heart issues or other things non-related, not related to the virus. And even in times when we didn't have the virus, there were people dying. So, you know, what effort do we put into um, making it safe for people and protecting lives? Um, on the highways every year, there was over 50,000 deaths, if I, if I remember correctly. Um, and so we have done things to try to mitigate the deaths in on the highway. We haven't gone to as, as drastic a step as we've taken with the coronavirus, where we've maybe shut down the highways or we've you know required some draconian laws. And I'm not comparing state shutdowns to draconian as a draconian, though some people have. I just feel that um, because of the unknown there, 
there was a, an abundance of caution that was exercised in an attempt to avoid what some people believed was going to be extremely catastrophic. Now, we're not out of the woods yet. And we know that there are people who have been infected once that have been infected more than once. So a person can get reinfected. There are a lot of things that we still don't know about the virus and it's modifying itself. It's changing. And what those changes are going to be like, we're not sure. This is not something that we've, we've dealt with several versions of the coronavirus, but not like this one. But the issue then becomes, you know, what, how do we fight the virus if we're going to have people put my liberties before your life is, is, an, is an argument. There are people who are putting um, their liberties before your life as an argument to, to saving lives in our society. And, and that does concern me, but um, I, I believe that they have. So we do need to have that discussion. We do need to uh, put forth those ideas. And um, I do believe we should challenge the idea of uh, locking down the state. Um, but if your argument is only um, that my right to assemble is greater than the number of lives that can be saved by the shutdown, um, then the, the, the weight of your argument does not seem to rise to the level of ignoring a shutdown. So one other thing that happened uh, in the video clip, and you probably may not have caught it, uh, I did uh, shrink down the um, video clip. And so, but at the bottom of the video clip, the fox runs a Chiron. And one of the, um, one of the items that ran across the Chiron talked about uh, Barr, the attorney general was chastising Apple for not unlocking people's phones upon request. Now, the Fourth Amendment to the Constitution, to our Constitution that they believe in, that uh, Attorney General Barr is supposed to support and protect and defend. The Fourth Amendment says the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause supported by an oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. So in other words, um, this is considered the, a man's home is his castle, a woman's home is her castle, um, that, that the government can't just say we want access to someone's home. They have to issue a warrant and they have to go through proper channels. They have to be, need some type of oversight 
to violate someone's right to privacy, violate someone's right to unreasonable searches and seizures. Another uh, item that, that we deal with in trying to protect people's rights and liberties. The Patriot Act was passed 45 days after 9-11, uh, and it was passed in the name of national security. The Patriot Act, and this is from the uh, ACLU website. And if you look in the, if you find uh, a copy of the, the this podcast on YouTube or on uh, wherever you find audio podcasts, because I break the podcast up into video and audio, um, you'll find those links attached. The Patriot Act was. The first of many changes, as I said, is from the ACLU uh, website. Many changes to surveillance laws that made it easier for the government to spy on ordinary Americans by expanding the authority to monitor phone calls and email communications, collect bank and credit reporting records, and to track the activity of innocent Americans on the Internet. While most Americans think it was created to catch terrorists, the Patriot Act actually turns regular citizens into suspects. So I understand people's reticence to give up liberties. There is constantly a balance between your liberties and your safety. Um, But there are checks and balances put in place so that both of those don't have to be mutually exclusive. So that so that your your safety can be protected while protecting your rights. And I implore people to not just push um oh the term jumps right on my head where people push back against um authority to be to be more conscious of how and when to push back against authority so i'm gonna close with this the constitution is a living document this means that it's constantly changing and being modified as we grow in our society. The role of government has to be flexible enough to incorporate changes that improve our republic and rigid enough to withstand the onslaught from people who want to carve out individual exceptions. It is always important to recognize the pillars that make our society work. Thank you very much for joining me this afternoon. I look forward to seeing you next week. That concludes this episode, and thank you for listening. This podcast is designed for live listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com slash home for details about how to join the conversation. The video version of Altitude Adjustment is available on YouTube. Search for Lions Den STL. And the audio podcast is available on Stitcher.com, Anchor.fm, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Look for Altitude Adjustment where you get your podcast and consider making a contribution by visiting anchor.fm slash altitude adjustment 2. 
Remember, the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please, like, share, and comment on this and other episodes, because it matters. As always, be cool, be calm, and above all, be careful. Look out for the other guy, because they may not be looking out for you.